Good evening and welcome to our service tonight. We're going to start, please, with number 597, standing as we sing, Fight the Good Fight of Faith. Let's praise the Lord with this hymn tonight. Let's be still now, please, before the Lord in prayer as we commit this evening service to Him, asking for the blessing that we know is so essential, so necessary every time we meet in prayer, we meet for public worship. We need the Lord's help and His strength. Our loving God, we commit our evening service now into Your kind and gracious and all-powerful hands. We bow in the name of our Lord Jesus, knowing that when we approach the throne of grace, we can only come through His name and on the ground of His own merit and precious shed blood. Thankful, Lord, tonight that we have access. Thankful that we are welcome in Your presence. And Lord, tonight as we have been singing this opening hymn, We pray that its truth would come from our hearts as we sing praises unto Thy great name. We will faint not nor fear, for we know that Jesus is ever present, very near. Lord, come to our aid tonight. Bless every believer. Help us to stand strong on the ground that we are certain of. We're thankful our spiritual house is built upon the rock of our salvation. 
no matter what storms may come, the house will stand. We're thankful that Christ is our Redeemer, our Savior, and our friend. And dear Lord, tonight we pray that our gathering will be helpful for every heart, that we will be strengthened with might in the inner man, that souls would come to trust in the Lord Jesus, thankful for the Word of God going out. And Lord, I pray it will just have that Word in season to every specific heart. Lord, hear our prayer. Father, what about the unsaved that have heard the Word in this very building, who hear the Word as it goes out over the internet? Father, is it not time for the salvation of those long prayed for? Lord, work, we are asking. Work effectually. Work urgently and save precious souls. And Lord, make use of us so that we can see believers discipled and built up in their most holy faith. Use us, Father, we pray, to encourage one another in the faith. Defeat the devil in every single attempt he has to undermine this work, to put some kind of block in front of our ministry, in church or in our school work. Bless us, we pray, in every single area. Lord, remember us all in the outreach and witness we have personally, as we've been asking Father, to make us soul winners for Jesus. Make use of us individually and as a congregation. Bless the gospel witness that goes out by the signs on our property. Bless us, we pray, as we come up to the Highland Creek outreach. Make use of us there, Lord, we pray. Remember the need of our land. Remember all of our political leaders. Father, bless and direct and give them wisdom. We pray with thanksgiving for the 70 years of rain that you have given to our Queen. And we ask, O God, that you would have mercy upon our nation, upon the United Kingdom, and upon every other area of this globe. Dear Lord, we are asking for your mercy, your intervention, your help. We pray, Father, for our missionaries. We ask for those lands where there is persecution against believers. Dear God, give help. I pray for the faithful witness and that stand that needs to be taken, whether here in our place or in any place where the gospel witness is lifted up. So bless us now tonight, we pray. Encourage our hearts, we ask in Jesus' holy 
and precious name. Amen. We're going to turn tonight, please, for our Bible reading. We again have two different sections to read from tonight. First of all, in Isaiah chapter 43. Isaiah chapter 43, the first seven verses. Then we'll be uh, turning back to the book of Hebrews again tonight, chapter 11. First of all, Isaiah 43 and verse 1. But now, thus saith the Lord that created thee, O Jacob, and he that formed thee, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by thy name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee. For I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. I gave Egypt for a ransom, Ethiopia and Seba for thee. Since thou wast precious in my sight, Thou hast been honorable, and I have loved thee. Therefore will I give men for thee and people for thy life. Fear not, I am with thee. I will bring thy seed from the east and gather thee from the west. I will say to the north, give up, and to the south, keep not back. Bring my sons from far and my daughters from the ends of the earth even every one that is called by my name, for I have created him for my glory. I have formed him, yea, I have made him. And then please turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 32. And what shall I more say, for the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and of Barak and of Samson and of Jephthah, of David also, and Samuel and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed valiant in flight, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead raised to life again, and others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. And others had trial of cruel mockings and scourgings, yea, moreover, of bonds 
and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder, were tempted, were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and in mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. And these all, having obtained a good report through faith, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. We know that the Lord will bless His Word to us tonight as we have read. Welcome to our evening service tonight. We're very happy that you're here. And if you're visiting with us for the first time, maybe you've come back to be with us again. I want you to know you're very, very welcome in the name of our Lord Jesus. And uh, please sign our visitor's book tonight if you're leaving. And we'd be happy to have a record of your stay with us. Also online, everyone viewing our service, you're very, very welcome tonight. Remember, please, our several sick ones and those that have been set aside and just not able to get out to our services. We've been thinking and praying about our brother Steve Kelly. Don't want to forget him in prayer. And also our sister Serene Wong and brother Ron Blair. Don't forget our sister Grace Puccini. Remember all of these ones and others. We may not mention them specifically by name always, but nonetheless they are remembered before the Lord And I know that each of you remember them as well. Pray for all of those who had joined last evening on the Connect Fellowship and be praying for that ministry that the Lord would use it for His own honor and, uh, and glory. Remember, please, the persecuted believers across the world and especially as we've been considering the work and the people in Ukraine that the Lord would come near and would bless and help them. I know that many of you have been following the news and the celebrations that have been going on in the United Kingdom over this past while with the celebration of the 70th year of the reign of the Queen. And uh, these are very significant times. She was able to make it to some of the celebrations and other ones maybe not just so much uh, because of the, her age And uh, we are praying for her that the Lord would be with her and help her at this time. Remember, please, our services for this incoming week. I have a special meeting on Tuesday outside our school. And this is a significant meeting. It's for the planting of a tree. It's a special service in memory of Mrs. Jennifer Browett. And so our collegiate will be gathered outside on Tuesday at 10 o'clock in the morning. And we invite you, if anyone would like to come along, if you're able and free, you're very welcome to come and join with us. It'll be a short meeting, but it will be just in recognition of of a tree that has been planted in honor of our sister who faithfully taught in our school for 18 years, and we're very saddened by 
what was the sudden departure of our sister Jennifer. The Lord has taken her home. On Wednesday evening, our Bible study and prayer time will be at 7.30. Please remember that before the Lord. And then our service is the next Lord's Day at the regular times. Our Bible class at 9.55. And uh, we're coming up now to the last couple of these classes before we take our break for the summer. And so we thank you for your faithful attendance and your prayer for all of our boys and girls, the youth class, and also our adult Bible class. A couple of, of advance announcements. Next Lord's Day afternoon at 4.50, we'll be meeting for a special hour of prayer. We have a, a week of prayer at the beginning of the year, and we also have a shortened uh, season of prayer for a couple of days uh, through in the month of June. And so this year, this time again, we're going to have it on the Lord's Day afternoon and then Monday and Tuesday evenings at 7.30. And you are invited and welcome. I hope you'll set these times aside and be able to attend either in person or on Zoom. And then please don't forget, July the 1st, we will be having a Canada Day family, church family barbecue. And you don't have to bring anything but yourself. And if you'd like to bring a friend, a neighbor, then you are welcome to do that. Uh, just let us know how many will be coming so we can make those necessary preparations. Please don't forget also on June the 18th, the Highland Creek Festival Outreach. And if you would like to be a part of that, you could sign up at the back in the foyer, see Mr. Jew, and he will tell you how you can help and what you can do for that outreach time. We're going to sing again to the Lord's praise, number 605, Dare to Stand, Remain. Well, I think we better stand for this one, 605.
Turn again, please, to the book of Daniel, chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3, if you are not as familiar with our services, we have been studying through the life and the book of Daniel. Uh, Some of these parts, well, they don't relate directly to him, but they certainly do to all of the aspects that were going on in that time period. And so, tonight we're thinking about the three Hebrew children in the fire's of affliction. And as they were in and went through those fires, they knew the Lord being with them. And how essential that truth is for every one of us to know that whatever circumstance or season of life we are going through, we can be certain that our Lord Jesus Christ is with us at all times. So reading, please, from Daniel chapter 3 at verse 13. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, Is it true? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up. Now, if ye be ready, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, and dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, He shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Just to pause for a moment there. Sometimes people have wondered at that phrase, what exactly did they mean that we are not careful? Another way of of looking at that is that we are not filled with care. The concern that is presented before us is not something that is going to change our conviction. We are not going to be subject to the fear and the pressure that is being placed upon us. They were not being disrespectful because they were spiritual men enough to know that they had the obligation of showing that necessary respect to a leader, even if he was a tyrant. And so... As they were saying, we are not careful. We are going to stand by our conviction no matter what the outcome. Verse 17, If it be so, our God, 
whom we serve is able or is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace, and He will deliver us out of Thine hand, O King. But if not, be it known unto Thee, O King, that we will not serve Thy gods, nor worship the golden image which Thou hast set up, Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and the form of his visage, his countenance, his face was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was wont to be heated. And he commanded the most mighty men that were in his army, to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and to cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Then these men were bound in their coats, their hosen, their hats, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Therefore, because the king's commandment was urgent, and the furnace exceeding hot, the flame of the fire slew those men that took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound, into the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished, and rose up in haste, and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Then Nebuchadnezzar came near the mouth of the burning, fiery furnace, and he spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire. We'll pray. Lord, I ask tonight that Your Word would be open to our hearts and our hearts open to the Word. I pray that we will know the help of the Spirit to speak and to understand and to apply the Word to our lives. Hear our prayer tonight, Father. Be with us now. Give us strength in the hour of our weakness. We're encouraged to read, Lord, in Hebrews 11, that out of weakness they were made strong. 
And I pray that will be our case and that we will know the strength of the Spirit of the Lord in every time of our life, every time of need, every time of testimony, every time of trial, every time of temptation. Lord, go in front of us, we pray. Bless us now in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. The account of the burning, fiery furnace and the three Hebrew men is one that no matter how many times it is told, it stirs the hearts and the minds of Christians, old and young, from every generation. The whole chapter comprises 30 verses, a small section of the Bible, but it is one that is full of drama, action, bravery, humility, rage, and the faithful stand of three young men who knew the presence of God with them in the most difficult time of their life. The large image set up by Nebuchadnezzar in the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon was a prominent display of pride and of the control that the king extended over his citizens. Not only did he extend that, but he demanded that control. And so the command to worship the image, it included the princes and governors and all the officials, everyone who was in Babylon for sure. And when the music sounded, they were all to fall down and worship. The penalty for disobedience in that day, the failure to submit to that command, and the exercise of the liberty of conscience. It was death by burning. To say this was something serious would be an understatement. Three men refused to bow down. And the king was quickly informed about these Jewish recalcitrant slaves, yet they had been promoted, and Nebuchadnezzar knew who they were. And so much so that in his rage when he heard that some of them, some people, refused to bow down, Yet when he saw them and recognized them, his rage turned to, well, could we say some peaceful talking? Some way of hoping to convince them? Maybe it was a misunderstanding. Is it true? Is it possible that you have been mistaken? And after he had given his little word of encouragement to them, And he found out 
that they were not going to comply. The word came against them that they, they've not regarded the king. They have not served his gods, nor have they worshipped the golden image. They were displaying a colossal lack of respect. They had no reverence for the king nor of his God, nor were they going to submit to him. And so the personal interview that they had with the king, it ended with this man in a great rage. Because they stood against him with conviction. They stood against this man in the face of all that the opposition brought against them, and they were prepared, not with arrogance, but in humility and in simplicity, to say, we cannot and we will not bow down. Their faith in God was resolute. Their faith in God was pure. Their faith in the Lord was vibrant. Hebrews 11, the chapter of faith, gives us a hint of these ones who quenched the violence of the fire. Their faith was obedience in action. It was real. There was substance to it. May the Lord help us tonight as we think again of this very familiar account. May the Lord bless its truth, reinforcing it to our heart. And my dear believer, reinforcing and applying the truth to your heart. Pray that now, would you? Pray that the Spirit of God would Well, just tune your soul to receive the truth in your heart and help us in our day because be certain the time is upon us when such persecution is not far away. And we need to be prepared in our spirits, prepared in our hearts, and saying for the crown rights of King Jesus, we will take our stand in our day, that we will bear the reproach of the cross, and we will do so humbly, but we will do so gladly, and we will do so fervently, not bending the knee, not giving in to the pressures of this current evil age. The first thought I leave with you is this, their determination to honor God no matter what the outcome. Back at the beginning of verse 18, we have these three words, but, if, not. And I am struck by these words again because these three Hebrew men believed that God was able to deliver them from the burning, fiery furnace. 
but they were not certain that He was going to give them such a miraculous escape. They made it very clear, because the commandment had gone out in verse 17 from Nebuchadnezzar, if it be so, this commandment is real, this judgment and the determination of of the persecution or of the execution of that command, they knew it was true, and their conviction and obedience to the Lord, it was not based upon what they presumed that God would do. Because, quite frankly, they did not know what God was going to do. They did not know how God was going to deliver them. They said, your commandment is what it is. It is commanding us to bow down to this idol, this image, and worship, and we will not be doing that. Our conviction is very, very clear on this matter. But they said, we believe that our God is able to deliver us. Their faith was grounded upon the God of heaven and His sovereign and almighty ability to deliver them from the hand of the most powerful monarch at that time period. However, they perceived of Nebuchadnezzar's authority and rulership over Babylon, they trusted that God was the one who had raised him to a place of authority and power. And yet the Lord had also raised them from their slavery to be exalted to be leaders in the province. That had been something that had taken place a number of years ago. According to the context, we fit together between the end of chapter 2, when they were exalted, and the beginning of chapter 3, about 15 years possibly. They had now been brought from their position of authority to be standing before this king and giving account for their insubordination. That's really what it resulted to, at least what it looked like to Nebuchadnezzar and to those who were jealous, perhaps, that they had been exalted to such a high position because it was very clear when they brought the charge before the king, these are the Jews brought from captivity that have been exalted in the kingdom. And these are the very ones that are examples. And Mr. Monarch, Mr. King, if these people are allowed, being in a position of authority and example to get away with this, who knows what the fallout will be in the kingdom? And they were brought, and they were brought to stand. And when they said to the king, Our God in whom we trust is able to deliver us, but if not. My dear brothers and sisters, let us not miss this truth, that there was no kind of assumption among these believers that God was going to miraculously deliver them from this burning, fiery furnace. But that did not matter to them. I have to say that carefully. It did not matter to these men 
how God was going to deliver them, they knew they were held in the hands of their sovereign Lord and God and King. And their faith was in Him. And their lives were in Him. Their eternal souls were held in His hand. They knew that they were going to glory no matter how they were going to exit this world. And their faith was in the God who was going to deliver them in that way. They were under great pressure to conform. This was very clearly a form of civil disobedience that they engaged in because it involved the command of the king. But it was primarily a point of conscience as they were commanded to worship an idol which they refused to do. And that's why they were on the carpet. That's why they were brought for this interview and this charge now brought against them. Brothers and sisters, we have to know the mind of the Lord when we are to disobey the law and the civil authorities of the land. In some cases, it may be easy to know and crystal clear. We ought to obey God rather than men. In other times, it may be not quite so clear. And in those cases, we must be guided not by human counsel, but we must be guided by the Spirit through the Word of God, and each man will have to do that which is right in his own mind. But let's be very clear that in the purpose of the devil against the church of Christ and against his people, those pressures to conform to the world and society, they are going to be unleashed against us individually in our own Christian lives. And don't we see this? We're facing the charge and the challenge against by the world and the flesh and the devil and that comes against us individually. It also comes against us, believer, in the family. It comes against us in our church. And in every church that determines to stand faithfully for God's Word, they can be, and I say we can be, ready and should be to expect that challenge will come. That attack will come. It will come on us as individual believers. It will be unleashed against our families. Therefore, let us not be surprised against self, family, church. Let us be prepared. And let us be in prayer ourselves at all times that we'll be engaged in this matter and that we will resolve through faith that we will not bow down nor serve thy gods. The conviction that these men had, it was very clear. They had great courage in that conviction that they took, but there was also a humble calmness in that as well, because they knew and trusted the Lord, and they believed that He was going to deliver them somehow, some way. But they may have had to go through the fire and even 
succumb to the flame of that fire. Their lives may have been taken as martyrs for Christ. Because when we study church history, it is an exceedingly rare thing for God's servants to be delivered under times of persecution. The great majority of believers that have gone through these times of the killing times of the New Testament church times of the Colosseum and persecution there, many, many Christians gave their life blood and were martyred for their faith. But they received the deliverance by faith from the God of this world and from the devil's power against them. And the Lord brought them gloriously through, through to glory, through to home. And they wear today a martyr's crown. And the very book of Revelation speaks of the honor that God gives to His servants who have gone down that road and through that gate, those doors. We do not ask for such an honor. We do not say, Lord, I would like to be among that group that were martyred for their faith. But if it comes to that, we need to have the grace of God in that day to deliver us, that our faith will not cave in, that the Lord will be the one to strengthen us. And these three men knew the grace of God at that moment because God poured His grace into them. This was not human conviction. This was not a martyr mentality. They simply knew the God that they believed in, and they obeyed the Lord, and they trusted in Him. They had determination to honor their Lord, no matter what the outcome. And sometimes, believers, people can be a little bit confused by what it means to claim faith deliverance. And sometimes folks will say, well, if you're not delivered from your sickness, it's because you don't have enough faith. If you are not delivered from your trial, it's because you don't have enough faith. Or if you're not delivered from the fiery furnace, your faith is not strong enough. But that's not the thinking behind these men. They were prepared to leave their lives in the hands of their sovereign Lord and say, we trust our God. We obey our Lord. We are not going to bow down. And if we come into your hands, O King, and you do with us what you will, we believe our God will deliver us. But if He's not going to deliver from the fiery furnace and we die, that's the import of this, and we die. O king, know this. We are not going to bow down to this image. We are not going to surrender our faith. We trust in a God who is able to deliver. The second thought is that there was most definitely the trial by fire. The king's rage burned very hot, hot as the fire, perhaps we could say. 
And when they refused to comply with His command, we're told that the furnace was heated seven times hotter. The idea of seven times hotter is an expression that means it was heated to the absolute maximum that it could be heated or that it had ever been heated before. Whatever fuel they had, they put it in the fire. How much oxygen they could give to that fire, they gave it to it so that it would burn. It was hotter than it had ever been before. The most mighty men of the army were called to bind these three men. And it's kind of ironic in one way, because here were three men, unarmed, standing there before the king, a threat to no one really. And they could have taken the three weakest servants and just bound them up and fired them in the furnace. But no, Nebuchadnezzar wanted to be sure this was done without any mistake. And these three of the mightiest men, they were brought. The command of the king was urgent. And so they bound them up in their clothing. They tied them up in whatever garments, the long robes that they had, they tied them up. And as these mighty men came near the blast, the belching out of the fire from that open door, as they attempted and got close enough to throw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, that fire came out and consumed these men. They fell down in the furnace bound. And we're told it was in the midst of the furnace, which tells us it was the hottest place of the fire. They fell down bound. They appeared for all accounts to be powerless against the devil's devices. Powerless to loose themselves from the binding that was on them powerless to get up because they were constricted by the clothing wrapped around them. And there they were, lying down in this furnace, in the midst of this fire, and they were not able to escape on their own. This was a great trial by fire that was brought against them. And believer, whatever is going on in your life, whatever furnace of affliction, whatever fire is coming against you in your life, you may sense yourself as helpless and as hopeless as these men were. They could not escape on their own. They were at, well, we could say, held by the devil at his will. And when we are in such a situation, there is a point at which we might despair and think it's all over. It's hopeless. Now, we do not know exactly what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were thinking at this time, but we know from the end of the story that they did not feel the heat of that fire. They were in the center of this trial by fire but they were not affected 
by it. And in the third thought tonight, we have God's presence with them in the fire because as soon as they were thrown down, God greeted them. This is the amazing truth and the miracle of this, that the holy God of heaven came to meet them at the very hottest point of a trial that to everyone else around it was an impossibility for them to be delivered from. But God was with them. And as God was with them, we read in Isaiah 43 and verse 2, when thou walkest through the fire, I will be with thee. When they were greeted by their God, they were released immediately from the entanglements that they were thrown into the fire by. And they were walking. These things are not given to us without purpose. All of them have reason to explain and to express that God was with them. They were released from their garments. They were walking about in that fire at liberty. And believer, the truth that comes to us tonight is this, that in the hottest trial that you are going through, when you have the Lord with you, you are at liberty and you are able to walk and commune with your God. You know that He is there. Nebuchadnezzar said, Did we not bind three men and throw them into the fire? And the counselors agreed, Yes, O king, you did. But Nebuchadnezzar, able to see through the blast of those flames, saw four people. He said something that our translators have said it was like, in verse 25, the form like unto the Son of God. We know that the Savior was with them in the fire. It was God or His angel who was with them. But Nebuchadnezzar, who had no idea of God or of the Son of God, it is more accurate that he would have said, a son of the gods. Something or an angelic being was one, because later on in the chapter, he says very specifically that God has sent His angel to deliver them. So however it appeared, this fourth personage that was in the fire with them and walking about was supernatural. When we are going through the fire of trial, can you by faith know this, that the Lord is with you? And that whether or not He sends His guardian angels to be watching over you in every step and walk through this life, we will know in the center of the heat of that trial the sweetest communion, the sweetest liberty of our God with us. 
Because at that time, the Lord Jesus is walking with His people, and more perhaps you will be aware of this than if you had never gone through such a trial or experienced such persecution. Do we therefore invite the trial in our life? Do we say, yes, Lord, please bring me another trial so that I can experience such a thing? Well, maybe by faith we would do well to pray such a thing, but most times we would not ask for such a thing. We would say, Lord, we've had enough trial. Thank you very much. We'll just be happy to take a little bit of a calmer road now. But you know, the Lord always knows what is best for us. And He always knows how we are going to shine more brightly, how our lives are going to emanate the strongest perfume to the glory of God when we have been crushed. And though we do not ask for it, can we have faith to accept it when we are going through it? Believer, what does the Lord have for you in your future days? I do not know, and neither do you, and you can be thankful for that. But when it comes, rest in Him, trust in the Lord God, and know that His ways are far above our ways, and His ways are always right and always the best. And can you remember this, that in the depth and heat of your trial, the Lord is with you and will reveal Himself to you more than He has in times past. Finally, God's deliverance from the fire. How he, with a smile on his face, I could see the Lord saying, Nebuchadnezzar, you're the guy who threw them in there. Now you're going to be the one to go and call them out. Do you remember when Paul was in jail? I think it was Philippi. And they were put in there, well, it was unjustly. And so the word came from the governors, let them go, these men. And Paul said, I'm not going anywhere. You're going to come and get me out. There was, I'm sure, a smile in Paul's face when he said that as well. Well, the Lord here had a smile when he said, Nebuchadnezzar, you are the one that's going to call these men out. And that was part of the purpose that God had ultimately going to work through and in Nebuchadnezzar's life. But you know, Satan tries. He tries to bind us with his temptations and the perplexities and trials and distresses of life, just as he tried to bind those three men. But when Satan attempts to do that and restrict the child of God, we hear the words of liberty of Christ Jesus, and we need not fear, for we have him with us at all times. And there's no need for us to fear because the one who liberates us from our distresses, the one who has promised his abiding presence when we are going through those times of distress, he is our Savior and our Lord. And he suffered 
so that we might be released. And He rose from the dead and is victorious over death so that when we walk through the fire, we will have the victory. These men had Christ with them in the intensity of their testing time. And we also know the Lord with us in the intensity of our testing times. And the great truth out of this as well is that Satan is powerless against the child of God. And it doesn't look like that sometimes. And don't forget at the initial, they were bound up in their clothes. They were thrown in the fiery furnace. And it looked like Satan had the victory. But he was powerless against the child of God. And not one hair of their head could be singed unless God ultimately and sovereignly permitted it by His great love for the advancement of His church and the glory of His name. God intended to be glorified through this deliverance, and they experienced what it was to see the violence of fire quenched. They did not deliver themselves by their intellect. It wasn't by their smart thinking. It wasn't by any of those things. They were delivered by the power of God completely. And so will we be. As God is with us, we can know and trust in Him tonight, believer. Christ is alive today. He is risen from the dead. He is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high, and He lives in the power of an endless life. And we are alive in Him tonight. And that gives us encouragement. It gives us faith to keep on going. We thought this morning how that the Lord promised, I will not leave you comfortless. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were not comfortless in that fire. They were comforted more than if they had never gone in because the Savior was with them. Friend, tonight, I wonder, are you in Christ by faith? Do you know and love the Lord in your heart? Can you say, it is well in my soul tonight? Are you watching online? Have you joined in tonight by accident, maybe? Or maybe you're hearing this service at another time. But God has a message and a word for you, friend, and it is this. It is time to repent of your sin. It is time to call upon the Lord Jesus now, because now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. What would hold you back, friend, of calling on the Savior right now? Don't let friends hold you back. Don't say that family would hold me back. Don't say that I don't know what other people will think about me. There is too much at stake, for your eternal soul is hanging in the balance. And it is now time and opportunity to receive Christ as your Savior. We're going to close our service tonight by singing a hymn.
Am I a soldier of the cross, a follower of the Lamb? Shall I fear to own His cause or blush to speak His name? Must I be carried to the skies on flowery beds of ease while others fought to win the prize and sailed through bloody seas? Number 585, we'll stand please to sing. It has a chorus to it, which we don't have here, but I think you've got the words of that chorus well, so let's just keep on singing the second, third, and fourth verses. Lord, help us, we ask, as we bring this meeting to a close now. Give us all a double portion of the Spirit of God, and we would also pray, Lord, increase our faith. We sense our weakness. We sense our inability. And yet we hear the words of our Savior, if we have faith of a grain of mustard seed, we'll be able to go forth conquering and to conquer. And so, Lord, Go in front of us, we pray. Bless us in the time of our testing. Let us not give in or cave in, but Lord, enable us to be strong in the Lord 
and in the power of Your might. So, separate us now in Your fear with Your rich blessing. Keep us in the center of Your divine will and bless us until we meet again. Lord, be with the service on Tuesday morning for that memorial. We ask for your nearness with all the students of the collegiate, the ones who will take part in that service. And Father, we have, again, very special and precious memories of our sister Jennifer. And we ask, Lord, your hand would be upon our brother Dan at this time. Save precious souls, we ask, Lord. Be with us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.